It's been a <laughs> nope, still not playing it. Hey everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Luke Gannon, and in this episode, we are covering the fifth episode of the first season of Enterprise, The Andorian Incident. This is the one where, as the Enterprise goes off course to visit a Vulcan monastery on the planet of Pajem, Archer, Paul, and Trip walk in on a hostage situation as the monks that run the monastery have been captured by four Andorians, led by Shran. They are there to find evidence that the monastery is hiding a surveillance station and that Vulcan is spying on Andoria, and as Reed is trying to ascertain the situation on the ground, Archer and Trip are caught in between the Vulcan monks and the Andorian guard. As I've said before, I consider the first season of Enterprise to be the worst first season of a Star Trek series, past and present. Between its bland heteronormative cast, the temporal Cold War arc, which went absolutely nowhere, and episodes that feel like third-generation Xerox copies of TNG and Voyager, you got the sense that at this point in the franchise's history, which had been going straight for 14 years, the production team at this point was just tired and spinning its wheels. And Rick Berman and Brandon Braga have admitted that there should have been a one-year break between the end of Voyager and the beginning of Enterprise so that the creative team could recharge its batteries. The Andorian Incident, for me, is the only episode of the first season of Enterprise that I consider to be good. For starters, this is the episode where we are reintroduced to the Andorians. What the next generation did with the Klingons and Deep Space Nine did for the Ferengi, Enterprise would do for the Andorians, the warrior race with blue skin, white hair, and antennas. This episode was the first time the Andorians were the focus of an episode since the animated series episode The Time Trap, and going forward, we would see the further development of the Andorian culture, as well as Shran, introduced here and played by Star Trek VIP Jeffrey Combs. And I say VIP since Shran became the pinch hitter of the series. He only appeared in 10 episodes throughout the series, but the way Combs played him and his begrudging respect and friendship with the pink skin Archer gave the series a much needed energy. Every time you saw Combs on screen, you knew you were in for a treat. Some later highlights for me when it comes to Shran was in the later season 1 episode Shadows of Pajem, when after Shran rescues Archer from capture, Shran tells him that he doesn't like knowing that he's in Archer's debt, and that the only reason he did it was so that he could get a good night's sleep. And one of the better episodes of season 2 was Ceasefire, when we see him opposite another Trek veteran, Susie Plaxon, as another Andorian, and they're both given good material to work with. And just to give a call out to modern Trek, if you can get Jeffrey Combs to return in Lower Decks, I think you should find a way to bring back Susie Plaxon as well. Secondly, this episode was the beginning of the series-long runner of Archer and the Enterprise seeing how the rest of what would become the Alpha Quadrant would relate to each other. In this case, how the Vulcans and the Andorians, with their systems neighboring each other, have a fragile peace between the two, and how Archer would end up becoming the mediator between them. This was also where we started to see the eventual respect and bond that Archer and Paul would have with each other. There's room in here. I'm fine. You're freezing. It's been 24 hours since I took my nasal numbing agent. The cold is preferable to the odor. Come on. An armed assault would put all of our lives at risk, not to mention the destruction of the sanctuary itself. I'd say our lives are already at risk. 
Tensions between Andoria and Vulcan are high. Any casualties would only make matters worse. It, it seems like you're letting them walk all over you. They come in here, they smash your relics, they beat up your people. Then you just sit back and wait for them to walk away? We don't believe in responding to violence with violence. I admire your ethics. But right now, a little violence might help. You're beginning to sound like an Endorian. You know, I came here hoping to gain a little insight into the Vulcan mind. It looks like I'm getting it. You people think you're so damned enlightened. Problem? I'd like to find a peaceful solution, too. But I don't think that's going to happen. However we end up dealing with this, I need to know I can count on you. Are you questioning my loyalty? I just want to know where we stand. I have never disobeyed your orders. And at the end of the episode, where we find out that there is indeed a surveillance station underneath the catacombs of the monastery, this act would echo throughout the series as the Vulcans and the Endorians would become two of the four founding members of the United Federation of Planets. As for the episode itself, the teleplay was written by Fred Decker. Genre fans will recognize that name as he wrote House, Night of the Creeps, and directed The Monster Squad. He was a consulting producer on the first season of Enterprise, and this was one of only three episodes that he wrote. But the episode was directed by Roxanne Dawson. Having directed two episodes of Voyager already, this was the first of ten episodes of Enterprise that she directed and considers this to be her favorite. I think we were just starting to define that world, and it was so much fun to be at the inception and to really explore what the series was going to be like and look like. It's here where we see her incredible career as a TV director begin to take off as some of her later episodes, Voxola, Deadstop, and Chosen Realm, were some of the better episodes of Enterprise. And to reiterate from the previous season, I had the honor and opportunity to work with Roxanne Dawson on her first feature film, Breakthrough, which was filmed here in Winnipeg. On the first day of filming, I had my Star Trek shirt on, and sometimes when I saw her in the morning, I'd call her Lieutenant, since that was her rank on the series, and calling her Director felt a bit too fascist. Since this was my second full-time gig as a locations PA, I definitely had to keep my fandom in check. There was one time I was next to her in the lunch line, and I was tempted to say, God is always best when served live, but that was a deep cut reference to the previously covered A Matter of Honor, so it probably wouldn't have landed with her. And one of my proudest days on set was when during one lunch hour when I was doing Firewatch with camera, she came in to figure out how she was going to do the next scene. And you know what I did? Nothing. Absolutely nothing, because lunch is really the only time of day you have to yourself on set, so it was important to not break her concentration. And on the last day, she signed the back of my set chair that I would bring with me to set. It was also signed by the cast of Burden of Truth, and it is framed and hanging on my wall. Since this was the episode that reintroduced the Andorians, their design was given an upgrade by Michael Westmore and his makeup team. And while you can see the human skin under the blue paint in some of Shran's close-ups, 
The big breakthrough was with the antennas, which actually moved thanks to small motors embedded under the makeup and operated by puppeteers. As for further trivia, originally the Gorn were supposed to be the villains of the episode, but they were scrapped when they were considered to be unable to talk. This was also when staff writer and longtime trekker Chris Black joined the production during the filming of this episode. And I couldn't believe it, you know? To go down to the set and see Andorians there with their antennas moving around, and Vulcans and guys running around with face pistols, flip-open communicators, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. And the set of the meditation room in the monastery was built on Stage 9 at Paramount near the spot where the transporter room was built for Star Trek The Motion Picture. And in terms of critical response, while they got a lot of heat from the fans over the Vulcans just flat-out lying as part of the show's depiction of them as passive-aggressive dicks, which I've slowly come around to considering where the show went with them, this episode was considered to be one of the better episodes of Enterprise. While I still consider Karin Creek to be the episode where Enterprise finally got my attention, the Andori Incident, in retrospect, is an episode that I should give more credit to for setting up the better characters and through lines of the series. Join me tomorrow when we jump ahead to Season 2 with an episode that finally touched on the AIDS crisis and solidified the relationship between Archer and T'Pol. Live long and prosper, and also, live well.